0: The Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. New features like the available Pro Access Tailgate improves access to bed and cargo, including when towing a trailer, so it's easier to load in tight spaces. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro Access Tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted
1: Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel
0: 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LeGrecker. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Mark Henry talk all about the Forbidden Door pay-per-view from last night. First of all, the match that everyone is talking about, and that is Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Also, we get into Eddie Kingston from last night and the Toronto crowd towards CM Punk. All that and more right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I think the match of the night for sure was Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. And Bully, you said that last night you took a screenshot of the Mona Lisa. One of the greatest uh pieces of art of all time. As you said, pro wrestling when it's done right is art. And I think we saw that in that match last night.
2: Well, without a doubt, that was a piece of art last night. That was that was a thing of beauty. A thing of beauty as a joy forever. A man John Keats said that. Um from the from the entrances to the the look on Osprey's face from the moment we've seen him, to Kenny eating up the hometown crowd or the you know the Canadian crowd, the use of blood, the flag, outside interference, the referee. The way will Osprey? took Kenny Omega's head and drove it into the announce table. The way Kenny Omega took the announce table, the stairs, the this, the that, the other thing, and your sister's ass, everything came together in that match. Everything I could have possibly wanted. I legitimately found myself watching the match as a kid again mouth open oh my god what's gonna happen next they registered correctly they sold correctly you want to say that there was maybe a couple of gratuitous kickouts on huge moves okay fine it's called creative license and throwing that one out the door There were times, there was one time in the match three quarters of the way in that I said they blew the people up. They might not be able to get them back. I was genuinely concerned for Osprey and Omega because I thought maybe they went too far. Too far meaning that the people were just emotionally shot and then Kenny kicked out on
0: one. Yeah, Bully, I'm glad you brought that up. When, he did, when Ospreay did the one-wing angel on Kenny Omega and he kicked out at one? Because when he, when he went to do it and he hit it, I'm like, oh, my God, is the, are they really going to end this match? Because at that point, you're like, all right, enough's enough. How can you kick out? on? But the fact that it was his own move and he kicked out at one, at that point, you saw as high as the fans went, they went to that next level. When he kicked out at one during that. They that fan, those fans in attendance went to that next level when he kicked out at one.
2: And the only thing I can possibly compare it to is Hogan kicking out at one and being on his knees and starting to do the shake. Because yep. Kenny got the same reaction. And if I can compare can can compare a talent. To Hulk Hogan and the reactions that Hulk Hogan would get, you must be doing something right. So I I, I can't say enough good things about the match. But I'm not nitpicking. But we're going to discuss this.
0: All right, wait, wait really quick. Are you going to answer what you threw to the break? And because you talked about there was, you know, that you wanted to tweet out that picture of the Mona Lisa in comparison to what you saw last night and you didn't why
2: because there was something that went on in the match that was a bit glaring to me that took away from comparing that match to the Mona Lisa because the Mona Lisa is considered the greatest piece of artwork that that exists on the planet the Mona Lisa the Sistine Chapel yada yada but something happened that for me was just like I don't understand why they did this. I, I was I was scratching my head. I was perplexed by it. I didn't understand with all of the great minds involved why they decided to do something the way they decided to do it.
0: All right. Before you answer it, Mark, do you think you, you might be able to guess what Bully's talking about from that match last night? I think night? so
1: and and we we talked about this in the break before the show started, and
2: is uh Don Callis. okay, so do you want me to lay out what I, my thoughts are, or do you guys want to go first no, I want you to hit it man i'm I'm excited to hear this all right, I'll tell you what we'll do. you want to take a break, Dave, or you want it now?
0: No, because you already teased it before the last break, so I want to pay it off here.
2: Okay. Um Don Callis. The use of Don Callis. Do you guys remember they, the referee throws Don Callis out of the match, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You get a gr- you get a great response from the crowd. Yes? Yes. It's built in that when you throw a guy like Don Callis out, a heel like Don Callis out, you're going to get a great response. What did they do to Paige, to Soraya, and to Ruby Riot in the match right before Kenny and Will? Threw them out. Problem number one. You should have never wasted the throwing out of the people on the floor on Soraya and Ruby Riot, because you came back and you did it in the match right after their match. Back-to-back throwing out of the people on the floor. Now, did that affect the reaction of Don Callis being thrown out?
0: No, I don't think it did. They probably sure forgot it, it but did. I understand no, what you're saying. No,
2: no, 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 You think it did? I
0: know it did. Wow.
2: I know it did. Did it come across well? Absolutely. Could it have come across that much better? Yes. What If you wanted the girls to be thrown out, then put the match away from Kenny. Don't do something back-to-back. That's like wrestling 101. Don't do it back-to-back because it's fresh in the people's minds. So that's one little problem, but that's not the, the real, real issue. Referee looks at Callis, says, you're out of here because you're causing too many problems on the floor. Don Callis, about 20 minutes later, comes back down to the ring. And what did the referee do? Nothing. Why? Why?
1: Because he already threw him out and he came back. (laughs) Like, I mean, it it just totally takes his power away. And then, you know, they said on the announce table, well, he's going to get fined. I don't want to hear that shit. I was like, if he'd have came down there with a towel, like I'm going to throw the towel in, then now I feel like, okay, there's a reason for him to come back. And then you do it, and then it's over. But he, man, like, he
2: came back, like nothing never happened. Dave,
0: he came back, and why was he allowed to be at ringside? There was no reason, and, and, and you know, as as a matter of fact, like, you know, the commentators, I believe it might have been Kevin Kelly, said, "Well, he's risking getting Osprey disqualified." Well, okay, okay, that all right, fine. Well, why what why isn't he getting disqualified? If you have gotten thrown out, now you're back and you're and you're doing the same thing that you were doing that caused you to get thrown out in the first place, to, then why isn't Osprey getting disqualified then?
2: So in the body of the match, the announcers talked about the leniency of the refereeing during this match following maybe more of a Japanese refereeing style where they're a little bit, they'll lay off a bit, kind of like red shoes would do. So Paul Turner is laying off a bit, but, but Callis comes back down. Immediately Paul Turner should be threatening to disqualify um, Will Osprey, I never got this sense of urgency from the referee. Like, no way in hell are you coming back down here and and blatantly dismissing uh, a, a judgment call that I make. You immediately you you fiz- you force me mentally out of the story. I'm so immersed in what is going on. And now I see a referee. Uh, now I see a, a manager come back that got thrown out. I'm immediately saying, "Okay, why is the referee not throwing him out?" You've taken my attention and you have forced it on something that it should never be forced on. Now Don Callis actually gets physical in the match by holding
0: on to to uh, Kenny Omega, right? Or I mean, or an osprey. It was preventing him to get back into the ring. Yeah.
2: Now, not only has he been thrown out, come back down, not been re reprimanded, but now he's getting physical in the match. Right then and there, the referee should have probably done something. There was entirely too much stuff going on with Don Callis after he got thrown out. That to me just. Does it take away from what Will and Kenny were able to accomplish? No. But does it pull me out of the match from a logic point of view? Forget about psychology. A logic point of view. An umpire throws out the catcher. An umpire throws out the first baseman. An umpire throws out an outfielder. Here, let's make it real easy. The umpire throws out the manager. What happens when he throws out the manager? The manager has leave. to go. You got to leave. You got to go into the clubhouse. Is that manager allowed to come back into the dugout? No. Nope. Is the manager allowed to come back out and change the pitcher? No. Ben so, why put would
1: some the glasses on and, and try to sneak it? Remember <laughs> yep. that?
2: So, how could the manager be allowed back out? It just is no logic. And They could have done it the right way because if they would have brought Don back down and went right into the the spot that led to the finish, then it could have made sense. But Don was down there entirely too long, takes all of the credibility off the ref that they worked so hard to get on the ref – Because the ref did throw Don Callis out. Now, Dave, I know you love to be immersed in a match and watch a match, but doesn't that
0: doesn't that just defy logic? Yeah, there's certain things and we we've talked about this, you know, bully before, you know, my whole thing with Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat back in the day at WrestleMania 3. It's regarded as one of the greatest matches of all time. A lot of people say that's the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. I'm bothered by the interference of Georgie Animal Steel. It just takes me just a slight, tiny bit out of that moment, and I think that did last night. Now, listen, Omega and Osprey did such a great job to pull you back in, but for for a slight second last night, as you said, it pulled you out of it, and it was unnecessary. You didn't need to do it. You know, it, does it Does it hurt the match? I don't know if it hurts the match, but for that slight second, it did take me out of it, and it was unnecessary to do it. And I did think about you, Dave, and I thought about
2: the explosion match. Yeah. And remember you said because the, the explosion got screwed up after the match was over. This was Moxley versus uh, Kenny, right? Yes. So the, the match ended, then we got the botched explosion. And you said that you could never go back and watch that match again because we didn't get the explosion. And I'm like, wait a minute, the match was really good. The, the stunt was. the stunt that happened after the match got, got botched. It still doesn't take away from the, the match itself. Last night? what was done in the body of the match with Don Callis took me out, not just for a little amount of time. It had me scratching my head enough where I was like, I I can't put the picture of the Mona Lisa up because this is not the Mona Lisa. And I wanted to so bad compare that match last night to one of the finest pieces of art that known to humanity, but I couldn't, because of that that 5 minutes in time at the end where it seems like AEW does just too much they they don't want to they don't want to follow the 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 rules or the regulations of keeping the credibility on the referee credibility on the referee means so much in pro wrestling it's so easy to throw out the door, though, just so you can ha- do what you want creatively.
0: Well, I mean, let me ask you this, Bully. Well, from a scale of 1 to 10, now it sounds like almost like you would have given that match last night a 10. What would you give that from a from 1 to 10 standpoint? You know, the way that it played out last night. Nine. Nine. So and that and, you know,
1: over here, too.
0: Yeah, would it have been a ten if not for that?
2: Dude, it, I was gonna put up a picture of the Mona Lisa.
0: <laughs> Does it get any doesn't uh, get you, any better than that? It's
2: the Mona Lisa.
0: Right, it's the next- finest piece of art on
2: the planet. And when I'm watching that match last night, I'm like, this is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen because it gave me everything.
0: Eddie Kingston is one of the most realistic wrestlers out there, in my opinion.
2: So I had my phone in my hand last night and I was about to tweet and I was going to tweet directly at Tony Khan. I was going to do one of my dear Tony tweets, but I decided not to. So I'll say it here. I hope in between producing the show last night and scrolling through social media, that Tony took the time to take the headphones off and listen to the people when it came to Eddie Kingston. You had a boatload of talent out there last night, but 15,000 people were chanting for Eddie Kingston during that match. Eddie Kingston is your star, Tony Khan. Eddie Kingston is your star, Tony Khan. Eddie Kingston is your star, Tony Khan. The way he talks, the way he does the things he do, does. I don't care about his matches not being perfect. I don't care about Eddie Kingston walking like he has two broken ankles that never healed the right way because, oh, by the way, I think he has two broken ankles that never healed the right way. I don't care that he has a belly. I don't care that he's pasty white. I don't care that he's unshaven. He's real. He's real. He's as real as it gets. He, he if, if the Danielsons of the world and the Omegas of the world um, are your pro wrestlers, and if the Jerichos of the world and the OCs of the world and the Darbys of the world are your sports entertainers because they have gimmicks, Eddie's your credible guy. Eddie's your Dusty and your Terry Funk. Eddie is the guy that when he talks, you believe in more than anybody else. Eddie is the guy that comes across middle-aged and crazy. There There is nothing that Eddie has done since he has come to AEW that I don't believe in. some of his stuff in the ring is a bit corny because he tries to do that Japan, like when they do the chops in the corner, when they try to emulate that Japanese thing, I can probably do without that, but that's just me. If Eddie honed and tightened his in-ring just a little bit, tiny, tiny bit, and he doesn't even have to do that, Dave, Because he's so good when he talks. I believe that he genuinely does not like Claudio. I believe that he is conflicted when it comes to Moxley. I believe that he doesn't even want to share the same oxygen as Nick and Matt Jackson. This guy has me emotionally invested at all times. So, Tony Khan please start utilizing Eddie Kingston more. He is your blood and guts storyteller. He is your personal issue storyteller. He's a promo guy that everybody wants to get behind. And if you look at the relatability of a wrestler, a lot of your fan base can relate to an Eddie Kingston.
0: Yeah, and and it's just like, I, I love what you said about Dusty Rhodes. And and some people who are listening might be like, are you shitting me right now? Dusty Rhodes is one of the greatest ever on the microphone. But Dusty was real. And the fans could relate to Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty would always say, you know, my belly's a little bit too big. My butt's a little bit too big. It didn't matter. It didn't matter because you knew Dusty was real. Eddie Kingston's real. And like you were saying about the chops, Whatever the chops were the chops. I've seen it a million times. That's I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying it was great. What really grabbed me and emotionally got me invested in that match was Eddie Kingston when he was joining with Moxley. And I didn't even need to hear what were the words that were coming out of his mouth. His face. It, he said everything you needed to know by his facial expressions. Like he was he was basically telling Moxley to go fuck himself. I didn't even need to hear that. I could just see it in his face. The way he just would looked at him with his eyes and tilted his head. Bully. You know how gifted you need to be to be able to do that? To be able to tell a story without saying a word like Eddie Kingston did last night in that ring?
2: The biggest problem that AE one one of the the main problems that I see within AEW is you have baby faces like in Eddie Kingston who need feels that can breathe down their neck. For Eddie to be truly, truly effective, you need somebody to put Eddie Kingston in a corner, both verbally and physically. You need somebody that is going to be able to say things to Eddie that is going to put him back in that dark place that dark mental place that when he that when his head finally drops, because he hears things that truly bother him. That's when you can kick him when he's down. What was the old Roddy Piper saying about kicking a guy when he's down? I, I, I kick a guy when he's down because it's much easier or something like that. That's what a guy like Eddie needs. He needs super heel. They don't have super heels. In in AEW, Moxley is not a super heel. Moxley's no, not even no, a heel. No, he's
0: not. But could you? But but the story that you are telling is there anybody in that company that knows Eddie Kingston more than John Moxley? Could you tell a great story with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston? I
2: think they've put their toe in the water. I think we've seen and I've seen we've seen a lot of Moxley and Kingston. I think you can continue to unfold that but you have to go deep. You have to pull back layers. What did I say to Tommy dreamer when he talked about his mother dying in that wrestling ring? What did I say to him? I said, screw your mother. I don't care. I don't care that your mother's dying. You have to do things and say, you can't be afraid. You have to keep pulling back, pulling back, pulling back. Give me the real, real story of the dislike, the hatred, where it went wrong. Tell me about a story that you might have, uh, 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 tell me about a conversation that Eddie might've had about Renee. Where, you know what? Even your wife told me that you're a, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or you did or said this. Where where Moxley has to turn to his own wife and go, you said that to him about me? Now that's real. But what Eddie needs is a real Heal. All Tim,
0: right, Let me throw one more at you. And and the reason why I'm spending so much time on it is because I think Eddie Kingston deserves the time. Could you put Eddie Kingston with MJF? Yes. Did,
2: haven't they done that? They've done it a little bit in the past.
0: Well, I've not. No, not like not in like because the, the only reason why I bring up MJF, MJF State, is, is
2: too is too witty though. It becomes it becomes. It becomes this thing where fans go, oh my God, MJF and Eddie Kingston on the microphone together. I can't wait to watch this and mark out. That's not what you want. You want somebody to stand across from Eddie Kingston that's going to people go, whoa, didn't expect this. Didn't expect this person to, to start breathing down Eddie's neck. Can't believe that this person is saying these things and then follow it up with physicality. Follow it up with Philly physicality where Eddie has to stay down because he can't physically get up on his broken ankles. Have somebody bring up to Eddie Kingston about that when you spent 20 years on the Indies because you couldn't make it anywhere and God smiled on you one day because you blew enough smoke up Cody Rhodes' ass to get a job here. Tell him the only. Tell him you, your your ankles are broken, and you didn't have insurance, and you couldn't get them fixed the right way. So I'm going to rebreak your ankles, so you can't go talk to go visit your mother who you love so much. You get my point, Dave. I'm just kind I of spit
0: and, no, because when you have a character, I shouldn't even say a character. When you have somebody like an Eddie Kingston, is and he's that real. You're going to have to have a story that's that real to relate to,
2: and a heel that 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 is that real standing across from him.
0: The Owen Hart Cup uh, Tournament first round match, Bully. It was a match that you weren't at all disappointed to see last night. As a matter of fact, when the announcement was made, Bully, of this match, you were actually really excited for this matchup that we saw. Match number two on Forbidden Door last night.
2: Yeah, Punk and Kojima. Um, Personally, I was excited for it because I know what Kojima brings to the table. Uh, I worked with Kojima in all Japan. Uh, in the mid 2000s. I know his style. Uh, as an all Japan guy, he was going to bring a lot of flavor to the table. Also, a lot of personality. Kenta, to me, has never had the the type of outgoing personality that ekojima Jima had. I, I think of Kenta, I think of more reserved type of New Japan Noah personality. As a matter of fact, if you remember, Dave, years ago, I think this was during COVID, Uh, when kenta showed up on it maybe it wasn't COVID, but i remember kenta showing up on aew one night doing a run-in it might have been in jacksonville and everybody was like oh my god it's kenta and the next day i came on i was like big deal nothing there and there wasn't anything there i like kenta personally as a dude every time that i've you know run into him good but as a as a wrestler in that atmosphere last night kojima was one thousand percent the right man for the job and i thoroughly enjoyed uh kojima versus uh versus punk uh punk right now getting the cena treatment
0: yeah Um, and and you juice really quick uh bully i didn't mean to interrupt you but that's exactly what i was thinking when i was watching the match on saturday on collision you know that he's getting the john cena treatment right now what do i mean by that is that Sometimes you're going to see the crowd split when it came to Cena. Sometimes Cena would be at a place where 100% the crowd would be into him and then the opposite in another city. And that's, bully, uh, that's what happens to certain stars. Certain stars are going to be however that city feels about that star. And I think we felt that in Toronto for CM Punk.
2: Whether they love you or whether they hate you, They have some type of an emotional response to you. Now, there's a twofold scenario going on with punk. People who are going to want to pay tickets to see punk and cheer him. People who are going to buy tickets to see punk and boo him. What's the common denominator? Buy tickets. He's selling something. He's selling the loose cannon-esque way of doing things. You're not quite sure what you're going to get from Punk. You're not quite sure if he's going to go off script. You're not quite sure if there's a script at all. I would venture to say that there's not. I would venture to say that Tony probably doesn't even know what Punk is going to say half the time, or most of the time. That's whatever what it he
1: said in the promo. Whether you like me and cheer for me, or you don't. I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to come out here and entertain you at the fullest of my ability. And you are entitled to your opinion.
2: Uh, What I've seen from Punk so far, um, his return, has been, in my eyes, well done and positive. And I'm not going by the booze of the fans. I'm not comparing booze of the fans to that. I'm saying it's good business so far. Everything has every everything is working. Where they go on this Wednesday or this this next Saturday, not sure, but so far so good. You know, last last week, you know, there was you know you heard reports on the internet about oh, there was somebody mad at collision, and then they went to the dirt sheets and they did this and they did that, and then you had wrestlers talking about it online. You had wrestlers tweeting about it. All you're doing is adding to the fire. If you're a wrestler in AEW and you don't like Phil, great, don't like Phil. If you like Phil, great, like Phil. But stay off of social media when it comes to punk because it's only going to hurt you and the company. There's no reason to tweet. And then you've got the guys or the gals who tweet and then delete their tweets. Why are you deleting it? Why'd you put it out there in the first place? Stop chasing the freaking hug on social media and trying to be the stand-up guy for the company. Just go out there and wrestle and tear the house down. Leave the social media shit alone because we can see that social media doesn't exactly treat AEW the right way when it comes to all these rumors. And the dirt sheet guys just pour gasoline on the fire. Leave it alone. Just go out there and wrestle. So far, so good with punk. I enjoyed the match with Kojima. Um and and, and you know, Kojima, old, even older than um, I believe, than um Tanahashi. You know, but people were saying well kojima's older and he had a better and he had better a better match listen Japanese wrestlers may not wrestle as much as American wrestlers but their style and the length of their matches can take considerable more years off their career than the way we wrestle as we get as we get older in the business and more mature we learn how to work a lot smarter Unfortunately, the Japanese style, you need to work that aggressive style that the fans have come to know and love from you. And Tanahashi, as the ace, has had to go out there and wrestle top-notch matches every single night. When you're an entertainer, you see wrestlers like Tanahashi... Although they might be entertaining, they are not sports entertainers. They're pro wrestlers who have to constantly move, constantly bump, constantly do this. Me and Mark are sports entertainers who know how to wrestle as professionals. I can go out there and take one bump, but entertain the living hell out of you. Guys like Tanahashi don't have the luxury of taking one bump. They have to go out there and lay it all on the line every single night. As does a Kojima. Like I said, I really liked the match. I liked everything that I've seen from Punk so far. They tore it down he tore it, they tore it down on collision in that 10 man. Um good stuff? What bully, let me ask you a question. What what popped you
1: in the punk match? Because like I could see him having fun and when I saw him smile it made me smile and there was about 3 times where I popped what what made you pop
2: uh last night against Kojima specifically yeah um, I'm I'm sorry, Mark. Nothing is sticking out in my head. I did see a very relaxed punk out there last night. Yeah, that's that that's definitely what I saw. Um, I liked when he came out and he was gonna he was about to do the clobbering time, but people but he realized the people didn't re- deserve it, so he didn't do it. Yeah. Um. And, that, and the, that... Kojima, Kojima, Kojima,
1: Kojima. He started doing that. He was smiling, and then and he was like Lariat, Lariat, Lariat. Just popped the hell out of me. Made me laugh. Hulk Hogan leg drops, and, you know, to see him do the throat, he did that to me one time. He was like, throat chop. Ah!" (laughs) I'm like, will you stop it? Quit playing. Like, but you know what? You're supposed to have fun. It's supposed to be fun.
0: If the people see you laughing, having fun, so will they. Yep. Well, and, and they were doing the peck pop. That was the one that really I think. And he saw the reaction that you know when Punk was doing the peck pop, and the reaction like this, yes. like this, and bullies pecks Look at those pecks right
2: popping. Uh, poppin'. Yeah, and, and, you like that. And the fans like were that? reacting. You want some of so, that? Yeah. Well, what's people up? can't. What's people up? can't what's
0: see up? it. We're on radio. Well, that's it. We'll release this uh, on video
2: later. Boom, 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 boom.
0: So Punk is doing the peck pop to the crowd, and the reaction that he's given just made him. Now do it to every single angle in the arena. He did it to every every turnbuckle around the ring. Um, And to your point, Bully, if that was Kenta last night, you wouldn't have gotten that kind of response. You wouldn't have gotten that kind of reaction. Kojima, the way he played to the crowd, adjusted to the crowd last night, and how Punk adjusted to the crowd last night.
2: Kojima is not adjusting to a crowd. Kojima understand what it's like to wrestle in front of a crowd like that because an all-Japan crowd is boisterous. And all-Japan, it's why in Japan it's very different. All-Japan crowds and wrestlers from different companies, very different. All-Japan was always my favorite because of the mixture of the American and Japanese psychology. New Japan was always spirit of the fight and Noah was just about how high, you know, we could, you know, land you on your head on any given night with a German suplex and come as close as we possibly can to, you know, somebody getting seriously hurt. So Noah, to me, was always just a bit too much when it came to the pro wrestling because guys were just getting dumped on their heads. Great
1: education, Billy. That was awesome. Thank you. Very, very descriptive. And for people that, you know, we got... uh uh we call him Mike the video guy uh Mike Tomzik Mike um is a big Japan fan and i'm sure he really loved that explanation of the styles and the companies
2: now do you mean like big japan fan like he's a fan of japanese wrestling or the actual company big japan no uh, of all wrestling oh okay, japan, okay 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 cuz there is a company called big japan and that's a deathmatch company
0: well, you are yeah, the deathmatch death god, match. so you would know that, bull You're the god uh, of
2: deathmatches. So.
0: But, I, but I loved Punk's work uh, last night. I loved it on Saturday. I, you know, that Toronto crowd was hot. You mentioned the Hogan spot where he did, you know, the cusping of the ear and then followed it up with the leg drop, you know, in Toronto, which riled up that crowd last night. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought really well done all around. And one of the highlights of Forbidden Door. Go I,
2: ahead. One of the things, and this is complete Monday morning quarterback here. I don't even know if I would have thought about this beforehand. Could you imagine if Kojima and Punk, because Punk is doing the Hogan leg drop, could you imagine if Kojima and Punk would have replicated Rock and Hogan for a moment? If Kojima would have done, you know... You know, uh, rock bottom, you know, kick out, one, two, Hulk up, oh, man. and the leg drop. Imagine they would have taken that portion of Rock and Hogan from WrestleMania and replicated it. To me, that would have been entertaining. But that's complete Monday morning quarterback. It just came to mind. I don't know if I would have thought of that beforehand. I, I,
0: you know what, though? I mean, it was, it was kind of cool last night. Love them love or hate them, to see CM Punk having fun in that having fun like everybody's talking about you know cynical pain in the ass punk this way that way everybody seems to know everyone else's personality but last night he was just having fun in the ring with kojima and i thought it was an entertaining match top to bottom as i said one of the highlights from last night busted open as part of the sirius xm sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Foundation channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Open Trial to start your free trial today.